<laughs> the heat's getting to that boy. Good evening. Am I on? You can tell. I'm really on. Let me get all set up here. Thank you for the privilege of serving you tonight. My topic is to talk about the attributes of God to introduce us to this very important topic. I did not print out my message, and I am not used to using my laptop like this, so this will be a little fun. Let's begin with prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for how you have revealed yourself and You've blessed us, Lord, with your word. We thank you for your grace to us and your son and the mercies that are ours in Christ. We thank you for this privilege of knowing you through your spirit. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we have each year as families, as brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, for this opportunity to join together to reflect on the riches of our faith and to be um, blessed of you and blessed in the fellowship of your people we do pray again, Father, for great grace upon the times of teaching. Lord, help us to open our hearts to your word and to your ways. May we learn things. May we grow. May we change. And Lord, above all, may we honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to begin my talk tonight by introducing you to a girl by the name of Rin. Rin was uh, in Cambodia. And she was in a have a Bible, did not have an understanding of the Word of God. I want you to think about her life. Day, each, uh, each year, she would help her dad plant the garden. She would put the little yellow kernels of corn into the soil that her dad had prepared. She'd watch the, the, the corn grow, and, and each uh, fall, she would gather the, the ears of corn to be roasted on the charcoal for a delicious meal. She began to think to herself, where did this corn come from? Who made this corn? Where did this, these kernels come from? And while I'm at it, who made the soil? Who made the first corn? And she began to ask all of her friends and everybody that she knew, where do these things come from? Where does the sky come from? Where do we come from? And everybody kind of just dismissed her and told her stories about what they thought happened. And in the end, she got frustrated because nobody else was asking questions like she was. How come nobody thinks about these things? Where this world comes from? And so she started to ask her peers and ask her, her, the elders and the, the older people. And, and they just finally said, look, it, we don't know where all these things came from. And so she was frustrated. She went home. And on her home, she had a, a shelf that was special for worship. And there on that shelf were tiny little gods. They were specially protected. You gave uh, little offerings uh, each day. Uh, you reverenced those little deities. And uh, as she looked at that, she began to wonder, maybe the answer is in those little gods. And she wasn't supposed to touch them, but one time when nobody was in the house, she came up to that little god and she came up and brought it down and began to look at it. I wonder if this thing knows where it came from, where the sky came from. And she began to look at, 
at the, the little figurine. And she began to say, she began to talk to it. Do you know where the sky comes from? Do you know my name? Can you hear me? Can you answer me? And she waited, and nothing. And she put it back up on the shelf, and she stopped standing in fear and awe of that little God. We're talking today about knowing the true God, which that little girl, Rin, did not know. Can you imagine growing up and thinking God was a tiny little figurine that your grandfather carved out of an old tooth from a deceased uh, relative? That's the kind of gods that people are worshiping each and every day. But we are talking about the true God. She did not know that true God. And that's what we're going to be talking about today in our study on the attributes of God. Um, our camp theme is about the Lord who has made heaven and earth and who hears you, who knows your name, who made every single one of you who are seated here in this auditorium. And most importantly, our God talks to you. Our God speaks to you. You have questions about who are you and where does this world come from and what am I supposed to be doing? Our God speaks to us. Your God talks to you each and every day, doing so in a most powerful, wonderful, living book. Book, it's the Bible. And do you know what is the most important thing about the Bible? What do you think? What's the most important thing about this book? Anybody want to take a, take a guess? God wrote it. God wrote it. That is an awfully good answer. But what about it? What in it is most important? The gospel is vital. Absolutely vital. It is true. I mean, let me suggest to you the most important thing about this book is it tells you about God. This is where you learn about Him. He wants to tell you about Himself. That's, it tells us about the Lord. Uh, and listen, the most important thing about you as well is not where you were born, what you have, or what you don't have. The most important thing about every single one of us is what we think about God. What do you think about Him? What comes into your mind when the pastor stands up and starts talking about the Lord, talking about God? Your thoughts of Him are the most important thing about you. And so, if we don't know Him, how can we trust Him? How can we love Him or enjoy Him? How can we serve or worship or glorify Him or even make Him known to other people? Oh, and we learn about God as He reveals to us what kind of a God He is. And what kind of a God He is introduces us to this big word that we're talking about tonight, the word attributes. That's the word for the night. What's an attribute? What are attributes? Attributes are qualities about the Lord. And if you have your Bibles, let me ask you to turn to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. If you don't have it, just follow along as I read. This is a meeting between the Lord and his servant Moses. And in chapter 34, we read this familiar portion 
beginning in verse 5. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him, that is Moses, as he called upon the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, gives iniquity, transgression, and sin, and yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. And Moses made him bow low toward the earth and worship. What are some of the attributes of God in that passage? What are they? How does God describe himself? He first of all describes himself how? With a? Want to guess? Has the heat gotten to everybody? One hand in the back. Yes. Compassionate God. How about his name? Begins with saying the Lord. So he has his name. The names of God are descriptive of who God is. But right, he begins with him being compassionate. He is gracious. What else? Slow to anger. Abounding in loving kindness and truth. So here are these qualities that are ascribed to God by God himself. And as we read through the scripture, we find a host of different ways in which God teaches us about what we are to think about him when we do think about him. He is a God who is love. He is a God who is just. He is a God who is holy. He is a God who is infinite. All of these various qualities or attributes about him. He teaches us about himself and his various names. We'll talk about some of those tomorrow morning, Lord willing. He teaches us about himself and his works. I mean, who cannot look at this world and look at the stars and look at the sun and the moon and the way that everything is put together and not say, you know, this God who has made this world is wonderful and powerful and wise and good. Certainly that's what Paul said when he was preaching uh, in Asia Minor to, to people who did not have a Bible and said, God has left himself with a witness of his goodness to you, giving you seasons and so forth. So an attribute is a quality. An attribute is, a, is part of God's character of what kind of a God is he? We talked earlier about a person who took a little piece of wood and said, this is my God. Is that the quality of God? To be little and small? That cannot talk? That cannot help us? Those are no gods. But the true God is rich and wonderful attributes which we are going to be plunged into over the next several days together. What are attributes? Um, It talks about the nature of the Lord. We ask ourselves, is God unholy? Is God somehow weak? Is God ever a liar? And what do we say? No. Why? Because the Bible says so, right? We can't know unless God tells us these things and we learn about him from his word. This is so helpful because God is so great. How do we define God? I mean, how big is he? Is he pretty big? Is there any end to God? I mean, there's an end to you. You start here and you finish there. 
and you're like this big, and I'm sure your parents are saying, you stay that big. Don't ever get any bigger. But think about God is where? He's in Cleveland, right? Celebrating with the Cavaliers. He is everywhere. You're going to hear about God being everywhere. That is very hard to get into your brain. So that means that he is on the opposite side of the world while he is here. It is very hard to define God. And there are no full examples. Can you imagine taking a, a, a Bible exam and the question is, um, define God and give two examples. <laughs> there are no other examples. There's none that are like him. God alone is God and everything about him is God-like and nobody else is God. All we can do is make little comparisons and even those are so terribly weak. But he does want us still to know what kind of he is and so that he would be known and so that he would be served. If we have silly ideas about God, young ones like that little girl Rin did, isn't that going to affect us? Imagine growing up and thinking that your God is a little miniature piece of wood or tooth that's up on the shelf. It does affect us. Do you serve a great God, a big God, a wonderful God, an awe-inspiring God? Or have you kind of just brought God down to your level? There are passage in the book of Psalms that warns us, you, you thought that I was altogether like you, complains the Lord. And I will show you otherwise. So we want to talk about these qualities. These qualities that are real in our Lord. They are not made up names. They are not, uh, that we have attached to him. He is who and what he says he is. And so to talk a little bit about attributes, I need a volunteer real quick. One, one of the kids here, maybe a strong boy. Somebody. You want to help? Okay, you're, you're afraid. I don't blame you. I need one volunteer to stand up here. We're going to talk about attributes. Come on up here a second. What's your name? Zeke. So I know something about you already, Zeke. Your attribute is that your name is Zeke. That says something. It doesn't say what it used to in Bible times. So what are some of the attributes of this person here named Zeke? What qualities do you see? Is he the same? Is he, is he like any other person here in this room? You can say no, and you can also say yes. Are you a boy? Yeah. Are there boys out here? Yeah. So you're like them. You can go down and talk about what kind of attributes he has. What color eyes do you have? Uh, green. green. So you recognize him. If you see him, imagine if he shows up tomorrow and his eyes are blue. You wouldn't even recognize him. <laughs> you know, the color of his hair, his height, his build. He's got all of these qualities. How many feet you got? How are they working? Good. All right. So you've got these qualities, these attributes. Are you pretty fast? Are you, are you humble? <laughs> are you shy? Zeke, you're doing a great job. What else can we learn? Where is Zeke's wisdom? Can you see his wisdom here? You see him in those green eyes of his. He's just full of wisdom and knowledge. Right? He's a smart-looking kid. But is that where our, our, our knowledge and understanding resides? Can you see his knowledge? You don't have any knowledge, Zeke? Of course not. He has attributes that are unseeable. They're within him. 
I bet you have strength too, huh? Right here? Come on, let's you, you, I'll see a flex. Oh man, oh my. The heat, it's so hot. It's so hot as you can't even lift those arms up. All right. What other attributes does Zeke have? Cheerfulness, okay. Funniness? Is funniness a word? I love people who make up words. I make words up. What's the most important thing about Zeke, though? Can you see the most important thing about him? No. No. He has a soul, just like every one of us. Now, I want you to notice something. So before you lifted up that really weak arm to show us your strength, Zeke, would you still be Zeke if we got rid of your arms? If we could just kind of take them off, unscrew them, remove them, they're gone. Would you still be Zeke? But you don't have strength anymore. You'd still be, you still have a soul. We can take things away from Zeke, and he is still Zeke. And so it is with every single one of us. We, as human beings, we have qualities. Qualities which we may give up at certain times. There are people who lose their ability to see or to hear or to, to walk and so forth, but they're still the person that they are. Even when we die, we still are the person that we are. Even though we lose our, our bodies temporarily as they are laid in the grave waiting the resurrection. I bring this up because how different God is. God does not have attributes. God is his attributes. Very different than we are. And we'll talk about that for the next point. Thank you very much, Zeke. Yeah, you give him. The attributes of God are not something that are outside of him. God is his attributes. It's not like God at the core is one thing and then he has these compartments and limbs and and parts that go out from him. We find these remarkable statements that God not only has love and shows love and manifests love, but God is love. That's a staggering statement. That in his very being, he is these various attributes. He is righteous. He is holy. He is also almighty and all-knowing and so forth. And so these attributes are not something that are extraneous to him. It's not like one part of him is love over here and another part of him is is, uh, justice over here. God is his attributes. And it's his attributes that really define And make him God. God possesses all that he has in his very self, in his very being. You can't separate that being. And that being then is enjoyed, as we know, as Trinitarians in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all possess that one indivisible essence that makes up all that God is in his attributes. So he is, uh, in a sense, he's complex. We're going to look at various attributes that are very distinct from one another. He has all of these wonderful perfections, but they, and they cannot be merely folded into one another. And yet we cannot compartmentalize or ever see him as though he were at odds with himself. He is complex, and he is simplex. 
Can anyone fully understand that? Can we really comprehend somebody who is infinitely, exhaustively love and righteous and holy and good and almighty and so forth? If we, we can't comprehend that, that's something that cannot fit in our brains because we are only creatures. And yet that's how our shorter catechism so beautifully captures that he is his attributes. What is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. One spirit. His spirit is infinite. His being is infinite. His being is eternal, without end, without beginning, without conclusion. Children sometimes ask, well, when was God born? Never was born. Has always been. We have been born. We have beginnings. We have ends, but God does not. And then likewise, it goes on and talks about these other wonderful attributes. He is an eternal spirit and an unchangeable spirit. He is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his wisdom. He is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his power. God, after he made the world, didn't take a day of rest and go, man, I'm really tired. That really wore me out. Isn't that strange that God can exert all that power and that power is still the same as it was before? Can somebody explain that to me, how that works? That's remarkable. These things are wonderful. So all of these various qualities have an infinite, eternal, unchangeable aspect about them. Now, I want to talk a little bit about communicable and incommunicable. Here's another two big, uh, two big words for us. And it's just a fancy way of saying, can God communicate these things to us so that we see them in ourselves? And to be frank with you, there's a, there, there's a lot of different ways in which the attributes have historically been divvied up. There are debates about these things, and I'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow, just among the adults. But um, short, just cut to the chase, there's a sense in which all of God's attributes are incommunicable. Is anybody as good as God? Is anybody as wise as God? Is anybody as powerful as God? And yet there's a sense in which there are communicable attributes. There is power in us. There is wisdom in us. There is a sense of justice in us and so forth. So there's a a, a sense in which everything is incommunicable. God possesses these things in the highest possible degree on a different scale than our created scale. He is the creator, and we are absolutely dependent and yet all are, in some sense, communicable. Even some of these bigger ones, although on a very weak scale, we have a feel of, of having a, a, a horizon that keeps on going. We have a sense of these things in our lives. So I'm not really sure that this is the best division between communicable and incommunicable. And yet, at the same time, isn't it a funny thing? When people want to grasp at God's attributes... Which ones do they go for? They go for the incommunicable ones. They want to be almighty. They want to be, you know, uh, in it. And they want to be the, the biggest and the grandest, all the great ones that are incommunicable. 
That's what they want. But he asks them, do you really want to be like God and be patient or be, or be loving or be generous and kind and so forth? And so that seems to have a, uh, something to it. Look at your superheroes. And uh, goodness usually is not at the top of the list. Well, dear friends, we know that this great God and his attributes has made himself then. He is the proper end of all that he has made. And it's important for us not just to but God has set himself before us that he would be glorified and enjoyed and honored in every way. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. What is God's chief end? The same thing. God is about glorifying himself. God's chief end is to glorify himself, that he might be enjoyed in his people. He is the glory of of all of creation. Everything is pointing to him. And so if we are not learning about him and uh, diving into the depths of his wonder, as uh, was mentioned earlier, then we are missing why the world, why the, you have been created. Um, God is really great at being the end of his creation. God is great at being God, isn't he? Whenever man tries to be God, what happens? Explosions, problems, troubles. And so we need to honor him and exalt him. How sad it is that um, as we think about um, God being our God and thinking about how, how, what are we to take away from this conference on the attributes of God? You know, wh- what should we learn from this? What should change in us as we're listening to these various talks? I mean, it's, I hope it's not just I just want to have big, high ideas about God, but it has to translate in, into uh, our relationship with him. How sad it is that, uh, that our thoughts of God can even puff us up. Arrogance or self-confidence can flow uh, from such things. Or that our thoughts about God don't get down into our hearts and change us and have us think about him more deeply and fully. We need the attributes of God to affect us wholly. Our hearts, our knees, and our prayer, and in our walk with our great king. I want to close with a couple considerations then that we should take away from the attributes of our God. And, um, but know this, that we can't do any of this. We cannot honor God or really dive into his attributes as we should apart from his own son, the Lord Jesus. You know, angels probably can enjoy the attributes of God. They do so without a mediator, it seems. They certainly have the Son of God, but they don't have one who has died for them like we do. And so all that we are talking about in the attributes of God must be mediated through the one who has come to take away what is absolutely necessary for you to have communion with God, the sin that is in our lives. There is no communion with this awesome God apart from what Christ has done. He is God's own provision as God himself comes down to be our Savior. What do we take from the attributes as we study them? First of all, we should be asking ourselves, how does this truly humble me? As we're looking at these various attributes, does this humble me? We, we, we want to be taught, and we want to understand more deeply the things of God, but if they don't lead to seeing ourselves as being the creatures of God before him and the greatness of our God before us, 
then it's not going to hit the right mark. Remember how John Calvin began his institutes? He said that our proper understanding of ourselves is tied in with a proper understanding of God. I can't understand who I am or my place in the world or what I'm supposed to do unless I understand the glory of this God and exactly what he, what he is as he revealed in the Scripture. And I cannot understand him unless I, too, see what I am as a creature and a sinner in need of the grace of God. So that's the first thing, is that we should be humbled. We should see how little we are, how much we need our, our Redeemer. We should be looking at how does this attribute exalt God? Because this is, we're talking about the Godness of God. This is what makes him God are these various attributes. And if this is his attribute that exalts him, then I need to rest in that. I need to have him be my God. Where do I really need to rely on him as my God, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? It's not enough just to have this knowledge floating around up here. It should affect us to exalt him. I've always wanted this bumper sticker on my truck. God is God and you are not. (laughs) We're missing that. And we think that we can handle our problems and difficulties in life without the true God shining his light in our lives. And then lastly, how should these attributes properly studied and understood, how do these ennoble my life? Because the attributes bring heavenly dignity into our lives. We stand before a God who is full of glory, a God before whom angels tremble. You think of those angels in, in, uh, in, in Isaiah chapter 6. And they have never sinned, and yet they must cover themselves in their, in their face and their feet as they are ascribing all glory and holiness to this God. We are missing the awe of God in our churches. A sense of the awe of God. And children, this begins when you are young. This doesn't wait till you're 18. This doesn't wait till you are in your middle years. We are to be filled with awe before the wonder of this great and glorious triune God. God has made us in his very own image to reflect back on a very small and creaturely scale the wonders of the one who has made heaven and earth. And how then do I bring my life into contact with with him and to be conformed to him, to worship him, to love him, to sacrifice for him, to stop living for myself selfishly and to really live for the Lord. That's what the attributes of God should be doing in each of our lives. And if we walk away with something less than that, then we have failed in our teaching, or maybe you have failed in asking God to open your heart, to teach you, to lead you into these riches. I hope that God will help us Wonderfully, as we look at these attributes together, that we walk away from this camp just excited about the excellence of the Lord, our God, who reveals himself to sinners like us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your word, and we look forward, Lord, from this taste 
uh, to the riches of, of your great, wonderful being. Lord, there is no God like you. You who have such remarkable abilities that you speak the world into existence, that you uphold all things by the power of your hand, how you have made man in your own image and placed this rich dominion beneath his feet and the ability, the enjoyment of God in our communication that you have given towards us in your word and our responding to you in faith, in love, and in obedience. Lord, we pray that uh, your name would be hallowed throughout all of the earth, that it be hallowed in our hearts, hallowed in our families, hallowed in this week ahead of us. Lord, keep us in the hollow of your hand, we pray, as we would honor and glorify you. May you be exalted in each of our hearts, we humbly pray. In Jesus' name, amen.